Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Tuesday, November 14th. On this date in 1851, Herman Melville's novel Moby Dick was published in the U.S., almost a month after it was released in Britain. And a tragedy on this date in 1970. A chartered Southern Airways plane crashed while trying to land in West Virginia. That crash killed all 75 people on board, including the Marshall University football team and its coaching staff. And on this date in 1960, an Elvis Presley song set a record for the fastest selling single in British history, selling 780,000 copies in its first week. Can you name the song? I'll have that answer coming up. But first, let's head over to the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center for a look at that Tuesday forecast. And good Tuesday morning. I'm meteorologist Joey Silvine starting out with a mostly cloudy sky this morning and chilly temperatures. 40s early on, then we climb through the 50s into the 60s lunchtime through this afternoon. In spite of the clouds that we have out there, we don't expect any rain today. That changes tomorrow, though. A couple scattered showers, possibility high around 63. So a little cool on our Wednesday, 70 Thursday, 75 Friday. So we'll be warming up, but we do maintain that chance of a few scattered showers Thursday into Friday. Right now, it looks like we'll be dry as we head into the weekend. 74 Saturday, 69 on Sunday. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast, powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. Another meeting filled with heated conversations and discussion from the public. The Charleston County School District's Board of Trustees met last night to discuss a number of important topics in the district. One of those important agenda items was the board's reconsideration of the Health Advisory Committee, but the board still voted to remove four of the committee members despite debate. Emily Johnson breaks down the reasons behind the removal of these committee members. CCSD's Health Advisory Committee is made up of 13 members to review sex education curriculum and make recommendations to the board. Ed Kelly is the board member who first expressed any concerns about the committee at their meeting on September 25th, but last night was the first time that we officially heard what his problems were with the committee. The argument Kelly made against the Health Advisory Committee cites South Carolina state law that school districts may not offer abortion counseling, information about abortions, or assist in obtaining abortion materials. He also said that the committee speaks about alternative genders in the topic of anal and oral sex positively. In response, a CCSD employee who oversees the committee says the curriculum meets state standards and is aligned and is age-appropriate. Members of the committee also noted that no one on the board has asked to go over the curriculum with them. And only specific lessons were approved, and we've taken that curriculum along with um, the state-approved textbook and created these lessons. And if you go and look at those lessons and read those, you'll see that there is no lesson on abortion. There's no lesson that teaches gender identity or sexual orientation. We stick to the standards. The school board officially decided to remove four of the Health Advisory Committee's members and appoint new people to fill their positions. They also filled six vacant positions as well. In Charleston, Emily Johnson, Live 5 News. And public comment also got heated at last night's Charleston County School Board District meeting. One person was escorted out by police. Reverend Nelson Rivers refused to stop speaking after board members said his public comment time had expired. He said he wouldn't leave unless he was arrested. 
After being escorted out, he was allowed to return to the boardroom and is facing no charges. Last night, board chair Keith Grabowski warned that anyone who disrupts the meeting would be removed from the building. That notice was put in place last month following an increased amount of dialogue and loud voices from audience members at recent meetings. A Live 5 investigation has found the Charleston County School District has shelled out hundreds of thousands of taxpayer dollars in its search to find a consistent leader for the district. We found the ripple effect began back in December of 2021 when then-Superintendent Dr. Dorita Postalweight resigned. She remained on the payroll as a consultant until June the next year with a salary of $242,000. Don Kennedy filled the interim position with a salary of over $246,000 as BWP Associates helped search for a permanent superintendent. They were paid nearly $52,000 for their work. Fast forward to this year when the district offered Dr. Eric Gallian a base salary of $275,000. Gallian resigned last month, just three months into his contract, which had him set to serve until at least June of 2025. That resignation included a more than $355,000 payout. Members of the Charleston County School District's constituent boards could soon see some larger paychecks. CCSD has eight districts, each with its own elected constituent board. The district's audit and finance committee plans to discuss several options to raise pay at next month's meeting. Right now, members are paid $20 per meeting, each of which can run four to five hours apiece. There are three options that are now on the table. The first would be bump pay to $35 an hour, and the second to $40 per hour. The third involves monthly payments of $225. All options include an estimated $34,000 to go toward Chromebooks and meals at each meeting. State legislature does have to sign off on any pay raises before it heads to the Board of Trustees. A park in the city of Charleston could soon get a facelift. Today, city leaders are set to discuss a project to replace some swing structures at Gadsden Borough Park on the peninsula. Live 5's Destiny Kennedy joins us live at Gadsden Borough Park with the details about the city's next steps for that upgrade. Destiny, tell us all about it. Shelby, Katie, the swings have been a source of joy for locals since the park's opening in 2015. However, it seems that a change is on the horizon. The current project scope for bid involves the replacement of the swing structures here at Gastonboro Park. This is due to the structure showing signs of wear and tear after nearly a decade of use. The park sits on Concord Street and Gastonboro Street and had its grand opening in 2015. Now city officials are hoping for a much needed upgrade to ensure the safety and longevity of this recreational area. The details of the cost to the city, the funding source and the project's timeline are unknown currently until the bidding process concludes. According to officials, today's meeting is a crucial step, allowing bidders to pose questions and gain insight into the project before submitting their bids. Bidders may mail or hand deliver responses to the procurement division. Bids delivered to any other location will not be accepted. Bids will be received until Wednesday, November 29th at 12.30 p.m. Today's meeting kicks off at 10 a.m. here at Gostonboro Park. Reporting live in Charleston, Destiny Kennedy, Live 5 News. Nearly 40,000 tons of toxic tar that have been sitting at the bottom of a South Carolina river for more than a century has now been removed. Yesterday, state and city leaders in Columbia joined Dominion Energy to mark the ahead-of-schedule completion of a cleanup project in the Congaree River bordering Columbia. But that tar-like substance wasn't the only thing the waters of the Congaree covered up for centuries. 
centuries in the capital city. Way down at the bottom of the river were Confederate military supplies. Historians say Sherman's Union troops dumped in the water. And that's not all. It's got historic artifacts from the beginning of Columbia. We've got Native American uh, artifacts out there. We've got artifacts that we believe came from the canal after the flood and the canal burst. $20 million project is leaving the river cleaner than it was before. And the state with treasures lost for more than a century. Those artifacts that were found will eventually have a permanent home in the State Museum's Confederate Relic Room, which is located just a few blocks away from, crew, from where crews found them in the river. Well, changes are coming to Blacktown Road in Berkeley County in an effort to make it safer. The State Department of Public Safety says the intersection where Blacktown Road meets, its extension road, has been the site of at least 20 crashes in just the last five years. That included a deadly crash just this past February. Now officials say new signs are being added and a short turn lane is being prepared while the county finds a more effective permanent design. Although it's a state road, the county will cover some of the changes and use penny tax road funds for the final design. As of this week, some truck owners could face consequences for modifying the height of their vehicles to fit a really popular trend. Violating the new ban on Carolina squat could bring truck drivers some hefty fines. Now, this is all put in place due to some concerns about safety and visibility while on the road, as well as the vehicle's performance. Some Carolina squat owners in the low country disagree. They say those modifications are built to be safe. They also say they want lawmakers to reconsider that ban, arguing the modifications allow drivers to express their personalities. These children aren't doing anything. These young men aren't doing anything. These young ladies aren't doing anything wrong. It's keeping them out of trouble. And as of now, violators will get a warning until fines go into effect on May 10th. After that, owners will be fined $100 for the first offense, $200 for the second one, and $300 plus a license suspension for the third offense. South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster is responding to Senator Tim Scott's decision to drop his White House bid. Scott, who represents the Palmetto State on Capitol Hill, made the call late Sunday night, posting to social media, saying, quote, traveling this country and meeting all of you has been one of the most fantastic experiences of my entire life. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. The announcement not only took many of Scott's aides and donors by surprise, but also Governor McMaster. The governor now speculating what Scott could do next. Tim Scott is a, a fascinating individual, and I know lurking in there somewhere is this, this uh, notion to, to preach the gospel. And I think uh, in a lot of his speeches, he does a little of that right now. So I wouldn't be surprised as, after he gets... His term finishes with the Senate. If if he doesn't go into a new administration, that he you may find find him roving the countryside as a as a preacher. At the time of McMaster's comments, he had not yet spoken to Senator Scott directly about his decision. A week from today, Charleston voters will head back to the polls to cast their ballots for the city's next mayor ahead of the big day. Last night, Live 5 hosted a debate between challenger William Cogswell and incumbent John Tecklenburg. Those candidates debated key issues like affordable housing, public safety, local flooding, and more. Now, before you vote in the Charleston mayoral runoff election on November 21st, you can watch that full debate between Tecklenburg and Cogswell for free on Live 5+. Plus. 
Just search Live 5 on your streaming device. You can also find it on live5news.com. A local nonprofit organization is working to improve the lives of teens in our state. Florence Crittenden Programs of South Carolina is the only home in the state that provides resources to pregnant and parenting teens to prepare them for independence. The organization recently got half a million dollars in funding from the state. Our Autumn Klein joins us live to tell us what the group plans to do with that money. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Here at Florence Crittenton, they provide pregnant and parenting teens with everything they need from a place to live, food, clothing, transportation, education, a job, and more. But because the program is run completely off donations, it is quite an expensive operation. Currently, there are 10 girls and 8 infants living in the home. The executive director of the program, Cheryl O'Donnell, says that the $500,000 from the state will allow them to continue the work that they do and even expand their program. She says it means so much to her that her state leaders are seeing this as a priority and making an investment in these young women. This is the largest amount of funding they have received from the state yet. And because of funding like this, the program has been able to serve over 10,000 women and children in total. O'Donnell says that the funding provides much more than just physical items. It's critically important at this stage for young women to have this type of support. Um, Otherwise, they are more likely to become homeless, not graduate from from high school, and their children um, will also end up in in really difficult situations. And so by um, providing us with this funding and allowing us to continue this work, we're really breaking the cycles of poverty in our community. Cheryl O'Donnell says that they hope to use this funding to help women in the community outside of their organization. She said that there are so many other women out there that need assistance, and they hope to use this funding to provide them with things like community baby showers and rental assistance. Live in Charleston, Autumn Klein, Live 5 News. At the beginning of the show, I mentioned that an Elvis Presley song set a record on this date in 1960. It became the fastest selling single in British history. You know your Elvis trivia if you guess that song is It's Now or Never. Celebrating birthdays today, pianist Yanni is 69, actor D.B. Sweeney is 62, actor Josh Dumel is 51, and actor Graham Patrick Martin is 32. Thank you so much for joining us for another edition of Morning Y'all, powered by Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. Hope you have a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.